Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everyone. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, episode 202. And I have the lovely Carrie Benedett here with me. How are you, Carrie? I'm super. I'm great. I love it. You are indeed. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Darren. I should have said I'm thriving. That's what I should have said. Ah, that that would that good. would make it even better. But you look like, listen, anytime I meet you, Darren, you've got that great smile on your face. And I know the cap hides a little bit, but it adds some character. <laughs> and you've got to have a good set of specs. Yep. Uh, I got I'm my wearing... new specs lately. These are my new Ray-Ban oh. specs. I love them. Oh, I know. Very groovy. Well, I've been wearing Garson since I was three years old. So they're sort of part of me. So, you know, if I've got a couple of different pairs on, well, then that's that's part yeah. of the deal. Yeah. And your glasses <laughs> are really great. Really nice frames. <laughs> but uh, for everyone who wants to know a little bit more about Carrie, apart from her fantastic dress sense, <laughs> Carrie Benedict, Leadership Optimizer, has 25 years experience across education, government and business. Our people leaders need to have strong relational leadership skills. Carrie works to amp up people's confidence and empathy. Investing in your well-being culture increases respect, engagement and thriving relationships essential due to the speed of ongoing workplace change. In order to have it, you must do it. So true, Carrie. I love it. It's one of my favorite topics. (laughs) Well, you know what? We're worth taking a leap of faith in ourselves, aren't we, Darren? We are, we are indeed. We are, it's, it's, we've got to be supercharged. Indeed. And I really like that notion of, um, you know, making sure that our internal combustion engine is is working really well because there are days where it's harder to do what yep. we want to do than the, the next day, which is, yep. which is easier. So true. Um, like, it's amazing. These days, there's so much more emphasis put on attitude, drive, confidence, uh, empathy, like all that personal stuff. It's yeah. not so much about what have you done? Where did you go to university? What degree do you have? What skills have you acquired? Yeah. It's all about what have you got internally that's going to help you get through it? Well, people, I've got a girlfriend who who says to me, oh, she says, you are the eternal optimist. She said, I'm a realist. And it makes you think. And I go, you know what? There are days when I don't actually feel like the eternal optimist, but I've got some skills and hacks up my sleeve that I've learned over the years to actually turn it around. So listeners, you won't know this, but just before we we went live, Darren caught me having a bit of a jig to one of my (laughs) favourite playlists. She was indeed. (laughs) <laughs> and he, then he's, he's starting to laugh and I went, oops, you caught me. Um, but you know what? I don't care these days. Uh, with all the decades I've got under my belt now, I think uh, one of the learnings has been you, you can become who you are um, and who you want to be more freely as you age. I think that's that notion. Absolutely. Of you definitely, so. I think <laughs> the wisdom and the freedom and the confidence you get as you get a bit older makes a big difference. Yeah, and sometimes it takes a lifetime. I think there's decades of, of increments, you know. So, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It's like a 
you know, kick in the butt. But um, you can look back on it and dwell in it or you can look back on it and go, where are the gifts? You can just flip it upside down and that's that's what I like to do. And then I've got people who I can ring up and listen and tell them I've had an absolutely bugger of a day, pardon my French. I think that's about as bad as I'll get. Um, But, you know, a lousy day and where can I find that little sliver of joy or hope? And um, I think that's what's important. So, uh, yeah. So your smile is one of those. Ah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Now, I'd love to know a bit more about your history. So tell us a bit more about your story. How did you fall into this line of work? Why are you so passionate about it? Well, um, my history is that I grew up in a country town. I'm the eldest of six. Uh, My parents had a newsagent um, and the six of us basically helped build the business. Amazing. uh, the foothills of the snowy mountain scheme in Australia, which is uh, now undergoing another renovation, yep. um, uh, provided a fabulous country town to bring six children up. Beautiful. And um, we we didn't know much more than um, going to church, listening to politics and going to the shop and being of service. Okay. We That was sort of our sort of triangle of, nice. of influence. Did you all go to work play. in the shop after school? Yeah, after school, holidays, uni jobs, you know, that's what we learned, customer service there. And um, it would have, it was one of the, I think, um, significant things that we that we did learn. Um, and then we were offered, uh, mum and dad's thought, well, you've got to leave somehow. So they gave us two years of boarding school. So we left the country town, we came down to Sydney wow. and we had two years of boarding school. And then a number of us went on to uni and various things like that. So I did a teaching degree um, and it was suggested in those days, it was suggested that teaching was a very good career for a woman to have because she could still look after the family and contribute to the income. Nice. Right? And so that was the, so a number of us are teachers and married teachers or our partners are teachers, right? And a number of our children are teaching. So it's an interesting, yeah, an interesting influence. So I married um, Luciano. I I, uh, married him and we've been married now for going on 41 years, would you believe? We've known each other for about 43. So I think you get, you get less for murder, don't you, Darren? (laughs) Anyway, um, So we have four children. We've now got seven little Australians, um, which is just, it's just beautiful watching that. So I stayed at home for a decade. I, because I was textiles trained, I sewed beautiful, designed, sewed from scratch, calico, twirls into gowns, beaded them, made a whole lot of cash money when we had interest rates at 17.5%. And we had four kids and we lived on $200 a week. Wow. <laughs> so I did that while Luch was teaching. So I did that. And then I got interested in parent groups um, and sort of being able to, I think because I was able to have a balanced viewpoint yeah. on things, I put my hand up and said, yeah, I'll come down and help with the parent group. And because I've always believed that the village educates the child yeah. and that the parents are the first educators of your children. So um, I did that. And then somebody said, well, come in for a job. So I ended up doing a role as a parent educator. Ooh. And I was probably a safe bet because I was teacher trained and I had an understanding of the context of education. Yep. And I'd had I'd started to get uh, particular roles at Diocesan and uh, state level. So I ended up doing a whole lot of roles. I chaired the first 
Catholic parent body for New South Wales and the ACT. I did oh that. I was an independent member of the Board of Studies, which I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed. So, push, you know, we were independent um, parent voice on pushing new curriculum through, a whole lot of stuff. But I got to meet the ministers and various things, whether it was a transport issue, an education issue, anything like that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that political bit of me that I'd grown up um, near um, was was sort of satisfied. And um, after doing the parent role, I then said, oh, well, I need a bit of a change. So I went into learning and development, same organisation. So I was in uh, Sydney Catholic schools for about 25 years, 24 years. Um, and then I decided to make a break. I had a significant birthday and I decided to walk the Kokoda Trail in Papua oh, New Guinea. So I probably did one of the hardest walks in the world as my first walk. Huh. I had a pair of boots that I hadn't broken in, so I lost seven toenails and I had no skin on the back of my heels. <laughs> I lost 10 kilos in eight oh, days. Oh, my God. Jeez. One night I could have possibly died, so that was an epiphany of a situation. But I tell you what, it was the most mammoth thing I have ever done in my life. And it is now the reason why I do what I do. So I went back to work. They all just went, oh, my God, oh, we don't believe what you've just been through. And you did it. And I went, mm-hmm. I said, I could have been fitter. But I said, I think it was up here. I think it was the mind, yeah. the mind games. At the time, I had someone getting married and leaving the state and going into state to have their family, others others doing whatever, you know. So a whole role as that mother figure and the, you know, grand poobah of the family, that was that was just shifting. Yeah. So um, I worked in people and culture and I had the best opportunities to develop myself and take on um, doing a lot of development courses for leaders such as the coaching program, emotional intelligence certifications and programs, and I loved that. So it came to a spot when I had another significant birthday. I went, time's up, girly. You're going to go and do what you really love to do. There's a whole lot of stuff here you're not enjoying. You're not. They need a change. They. I always believe in people moving through their jobs. Yep. So I initiated a a, a a see you later baby, and um, so I went out on my own. So I'm still here. <laughs> Good. Oh, wow. What a great and, um, story. Well done. Yeah. So that's me. And it's, it's, I'm pretty ordinary gal, really. Um, and the, the, what's happened in the last few years with COVID, and I've got to thank COVID in a way, it was tough going because most of the work that I had lined up just went, totally got pulled. Yeah. But what I, what I didn't lose was my access to technology. So each week I would just go around the world. So every week I'd be visiting countries all over the world, talking to most amazing people. So I started the podcast up, Thriving Matters podcast, if you're interested, listeners. But I've gotten to know the most incredible people. Now, this year has been the year where I'm getting to meet a lot of those people face-to-face. Oh, so, and that's going to continue. <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> well done. Well, that's no small uh, achievement. You've done extremely well. Well, and you've obviously got a, a mental drive and a mental dexterity to just take on new things and make them work. You know, a lot of people would be scared. Well, what co- what came out of Kokoda was the fact that why would I come home when five out of the 30 I went with were airlifted out? Oh, God. With it, the first afternoon, one guy did his patella on the, on the walk oh. down to Goldie Creek. Um, I, and I'm thinking, well, this particular night that I was wrapped around a rubber tree, sliding in torrential monsoonal rain, oh. being held onto by three 
three of the trekkers who we were paired up with. Oh, my God. Why I ever, I had to let go of that tree, Darren, and I had to give them my hand and they pulled me up. It was significant. I walked into, into camp that night absolutely shaking. I couldn't oh, stop. Right. And after you come home and you just go, what the hell did you just do? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the the feeling, and I just went, this is this is all about my resiliency skills, the way I'm processing this. There are days where, yeah, there was a whole lot of screaming and yelling going up on up there in the in the uh, in the jungle, basically jungle, or when you're trying to lift your leg out of meter and a half high marshes, oh, right, to get you, lift your leg up to make the next step because, you know, that's that's why you lost the ten kilos. I should go up there again and try and do it, but um, <laughs> I'm glad I did it for the fiftieth because a really? decade on, you know. There's lessons learned, and um, I still look back on it and go, holy dooly, you did a good job, girl. You came home, and now you're using that. So I think every one of us, and the reason I tell you that is, Darren, is because every one of us has got a Kokoda story. Yep. There are parents who can't get out of bed every morning, and their kids are being the parents. There are elderly people who don't want to be here anymore. They have chronic illnesses all their life. There are ordinary guys and gals who are, who have got some really significant syndrome um, conditions, mental illness, um, and I think humanity is calling us. I think in the last few years to look after each other, to actually have a different perspective, and treat each other with the respect and kindness that we all deserve. So, so true, love it. Anyway, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And again, um, I forgot to mention the name of this podcast, actually. So the name of the podcast or the title of this episode is Take a Leap of Faith in You. So everything Carrie's just described is really yeah, and exactly that philosophy. And look, there's plenty. I've done, since then, I've done some other walks everywhere. And they're usually with an element of physicality and and challenge. Um and I do them by myself or I do them with a group of people I don't know or I do them with people I do know. But I look back on it and I go, well, you know what? Nothing is insurmountable these days because we we only have to ask for help. And I never used to. As a young mum, I never asked for help. And that martyr in me now, I think that has to vanish. You know, we've got to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so there's much no information shame. out there too. There's so much yes. information in terms of audiobooks, podcasts, you know, oh. stuff on the web. I mean, you can learn about everything these days. Yeah. You can learn a new method of playing the piano, you yeah, know. It's incredible you know? how much stuff's out there. Easily. So, yeah, thank you for asking. But oh. the leap of faith is is critical. And a lot of the, the people I work with, they'll say to me, you you actually took a leap of faith in me and, and now I can do that for myself. Yeah. And I just think if that's, if that's something you can give and you don't expect anything in return, I think that's that's a beautiful way to be. So Definitely. love it. Now I want to talk a bit about leadership, obviously, because that's your speciality, uh -huh. and business culture. Mm. So I mean, that's a topic that's getting more and more airplay every day, every year. Like we're talking about culture, culture, culture. Do you think we're doing a good job, or we still have a lot to learn? Oh well, I think we still have a lot to learn, um, and that's not saying that there's a whole lot wrong with it at the moment, but I think we can we always can improve. We can always amp up what we're doing. Yep. What we've got though is a whole lot of research and literature that has been done pre-COVID pandemic post. And so there's that's at our fingertips. We've got a whole lot of this. 
what we need are the practical examples of investing in our people and and how we're treating them. And what we're really talking about now and what's evident nearly in lots of conversations is this notion of fatigue, mm-hmm. of being overwhelmed, and they're using um, words like trauma. So this notion of we're going to tip that upside down and talk about how do we help our people be anti-fragile, anti-fragility mm. is important. Well, and resilient, all that, resilient, resilient, resilient. Yeah, 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 resilient. And um, more and more, we're we're looking at well, demanding. You know, people I talk to, if I go to Pilates or whoever I talk to who's in big organisations in the city are saying, I said, how's it going? Oh, they're trying to get us back three days a week. <laughs> yeah. They're having a really hard time yeah. getting people back now to yeah. work in the offices yeah. when they're actually quite liking working at home. So we're in a we're in a totally transitional place. Mm-hmm. But I think I think we're getting more and more evidence that you can't demand a particular way of behaviour if you don't invest in the voice of your people and you're transparent in what you do. So the leadership stuff is super interesting because, Darren, you and I are going to be in the box long enough, right? We're here for a certain amount of time, but our younger generations are the leaders of tomorrow. That's right. So that's where I'm I'm interested. I want to know that my grandkids, you know, and they range from two to 12 now, they're going to be possible leaders in whatever they do. I don't, you know, whether they're the best, best, best balloon blower or face painter or best head of, you know, government department, doesn't, doesn't matter what they do. Um, they actually have yep. to make sure that humanity comes first. Yep. And do you think that the younger generation have the skills and the um, internal or the, the softer skills and the internal makeup to handle leadership? Well, like all of us, how do we learn it? We've got, yeah. we've got to have some good role models. We've got to, got to have the opportunity to develop. We've got to be moved into being self, I think, self-directed and self-motivated. So if those opportunities come up, well, they're going to be great. Yep. There are different generational um, traits and sure. behaviours. Absolutely. And um, this instantaneous uh, world that we're living in, you know, I'm even myself getting frustrated, you know. Yeah. Why isn't this quicker? Why have I got slow Wi-Fi today? I want to get yeah. this done, you know. That's right. But there's plenty of insights. Um, you know, talking to your podcast guests, what they'll say to you and their outlook on life. And um, I just think we just got to open up our curiosity you know we just got to become like Alice in Wonderland or you know whatever it is and really go down the rabbit hole and find out why people do what they do how did they learn to do it what what do they want to do that they haven't had the opportunity to do it and our role as mentors and coaches and significant others is really critical so I think we can do better number one yes we can do better Number two, we've got some great examples and we should be tapping into the diverse nature of our generational collective value, really. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, I mean, what do you think are some of the traits that are going to make leaders shine and thrive in the future? You have to be confident in what you do what you seek out to help you with, who you seek out to help you with, what skills you need, and you also need to be empathetic. We need to have an appreciation of our own emotions and how they affect our decisions, our performance and our behaviours. 
and that applies then to the people we work with. We actually have to have an understanding of them as well. And together, we lead ourselves so we can lead others. So that self-awareness piece is, is absolutely critical. Yep. Because you can have a strategy. You can, you can get plenty of people in to go, bang, here's the big strategy. But to actually do it and to understand what your people need to support them to go the next step. Yep. And to move into something that's the critical part yeah yeah and i think also as a leader you have to these days it, you know you're busier and busier there's more and more responsibility you have to know what to delegate so i think self-awareness yes. is key because yes. you have to know number one what to deal to delegate but also what you're not so good at yeah yeah and we all can we can all admit in yeah. a conversation that i'm not so good at this Absolutely. or that um, but when it comes to major projects, initiatives, strategies for, say, your business or, or your large organisation, well, the pressure's on. Yeah. Because we, we've got a commercial model. We've got a capitalistic commercial model here. So we all need to make some money. We all need to pay the bills. We need to, you know, to be able to choose what we spend that money on. So we're adults. So we've got to be treated like adults, yeah. not like children. So um, uh, and that's, well, that's a great model, isn't it? That That model of interdependence on a parent moving to independence yep. you know so total dependence interdependence dependence and i think it's we can mirror we we often forget about that um we can learn a lot from how we how we grew up or you oh, know how we watch our grandchildren grow up and the stage oh, of their development absolutely yeah. i mean yeah. the, the, as we mentioned just before in the podcast there are role models around us all the time you know yeah. our family our friends our our communities, our work colleagues, we know there's people to draw from all the time. Well, you know, Darren, I just you just made me think the good, the bad, the ugly, but I, instead of saying that about the people that we, you know, who are around us, I just think I'll talk about the licorice all sorts because <laughs> the kids, I often talk about my children as the licorice all sorts and they, they, quite, they quite like it actually <laughs> because it gives them a sense of their own identity. Yeah. Not all the licorice all sorts in the pack are the same, right? That's right. <laughs> and if you look at the people that you work with or who you gravitate towards, who you're curious about, you want to learn from, well, you know, stripes, spots, colours, textures, we're all valuable. Definitely. You know, we need all all these different um, characters and personalities to make up the whole. Well, you don't want to be monochrome. That'd be dead boring. I mean, I like black and white. Don't get me wrong, but... uh, you know, it's far better if there's a little bit of colour. Absolutely. How boring would it be if we're all the same? You know, oh, my God. Now, I'd love to talk a bit more about curiosity as well because, you know, it's such an interesting trait and it's such a, a trait that's very um, infantile and childlike, but it's beautiful and we've lost it over the years. Like, as you get older and you get into business and you get into, you know, school, it's like almost the curiosity has been beaten out of you. Yeah, yeah, because the pressure of the the task orientation yeah, is there. You put it in a box, you have a deadline, you have to follow yeah. rules. Yeah. You know, you don't even think outside the box. You yeah. don't get curious anymore. You just follow rules, you follow orders. And I think curiosity is the most beautiful thing. Um, you know, and it's very, not, maybe infantile is not the right word, but it's very um, childlike and innocent. And it's a beautiful thing. It's powerful. It is powerful. And Darren, it just... While you're saying that, it just occurred to me that really that the whole increase in us looking at ways to be mindful, to be present, 
I think opens up this notion of curiosity even more. So a lot of people I talk to have got the daily habits, you know, and they'll have uh, a meditation or journaling, yep. you know, reading a stack of books beside the bed and they, you know, what yep. do I read? And I read a range of different things. Yep. Um, or someone sharing a podcast or an audio book or, you know, all that type of thing. So the curious, finding out, you know, two facts, uh, two new things that they didn't know every day, you know. So, so curiosity, I mean, there's a whole lot of re, uh, data on um, retired people and and what what type of things they do, you know. So I think they have the biggest uptake of online uh, magazines, journals, newspapers, you know, current affairs, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, you know, they all, the, they all do a lot of uh, different courses as well. They get into oh, different hobbies. You know, have a look at Mind Valley and and the the reach of Mind Valley, absolutely stunning mm. for self development. And a lot of it is 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 around being more curious, leaning into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you know, curiosity. I only have to watch uh, the grandkids when they're little and listen. So it's not just watching, observing. It's actually listening. Yeah. And then just sitting back and going, oh, tell me more. Just tell me, tell me why that, why, why are you telling me that? Yeah. Tell me all about that story. And the stories are just amazing. So I think go back, if you get the chance, be around little people. Definitely. Who, who are, you know, can create these incredible stories. Yep. Um, their imagination there yeah. is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So the more curious we are, I think it also helps us put into perspective our own judgments and assumptions, <laughs> and, and, you know, and what we, oh no, oh, and the labels that we give ourselves, you know. Yeah. So that's the thing about leadership, isn't it, though? Um, it's about where do we find the space to think about our values, beliefs and assumptions. That's right. Love it. And so curiosity comes into that because I love you know how our Indigenous in Australia, we often talk about on country. Yeah. I've, I've taken a lot of people away on country and I was thinking about this podcast today and I thought, you know, curiosity is about being in, on and with country as, as a metaphor, as a metaphor. Yep. Because um, we were, before COVID, we actually took a group of educational leaders up to East Arnhem and we lived at Ninakai with the Yolna people and oh, wow. um, it was absolutely stunning. Now, part of the stunningness of it was it was so hot and we had the Arnhem Sea just on the riverbank. Wow. However, we could not get in and get cool because there were other inhabitants in the Arnhem Sea that would have just eatness right so How would you? we so <laughs> so this notion of being in and on country and with country isn't necessarily easy right it's it's not glamorous always or um you know luxurious that's right it's yeah. it, we could tip that up and go it's luxurious in the experience of being there in the moment and understanding the difference that's coming up for us from what we've discovered yeah. Definitely, definitely. I love yeah. it. And I think, you know, for me, creativity and curiosity and art and being artistic is all linked. Are you artistic? You're a photographer. Yeah, to a degree, yes, I am. Yes, of course you are. Your yes, your photographs. I mean, what a lens to look through. Yeah. And that's what I think what leadership's all about. It's about looking through a lens 
that can give you a different perspective, a different option, different ways of expressing or communicating yourself. And so the yeah, the art, the art world is just beautiful. It's a bit like dancing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know, because yeah. you know to create a yeah. great team, to create a great culture can be very you have to think very laterally you have to think very creatively because yeah. everybody's different everybody's got a different set of you know drivers yeah. and it's up to you to kind of put that all together into this beautiful mixture yeah. and it's um, very creative so i think you know you have to take time out to get into that creative space well you've got to nourish it don't you yeah. i mean we we're, we're humans we're absolutely magnificent beings. Um, when you think about how we're put together, how we can reproduce, how we can do amazing, amazing feats, but we have to nourish that. And it's yep. the same for your leadership, yep. uh, same for your curiosity. Um, you yep. have to nourish it. Yep. So, you know, what's not working, get rid of it. For God's sake, don't keep doing what's not working. So. And where do you feel that, you know, when you talk to a lot of leaders these days, where do you feel that they're, what's their biggest challenge? People, people, people. Often, I mean, just often getting a, getting along with people or motivating people or a whole. It's a whole range. Together. It's a well. It's a whole range. It's it's sometimes themselves as a person, yeah, and and others. And I think you know, strategy. I've I've heard people say it'd be. I wish people would just let me do my work, and um, you yeah. know nobody show up or just let me get on with my work and I'm going tell me what you tell me what your work is does it actually involve in in the industries and businesses where people are involved um people seem to be I think the biggest the biggest thing managing differences of uh different behaviors and reactions to certain things how uh fatigued or that sort of that notion of well-being is a, is a big issue at the moment um Having a place where you can be transparent in your behaviour and treatment of each other, but respectful at the same time. So there's, it's not letting it all hang out, but it's being able to skill yourself enough to know what's appropriate, what's not, and then I always say where you need support and not yeah. be ashamed of getting support. But I think people... Um, I've got a latest hashtag at the moment is uh, people are the profession. Hashtag people are the profession. Everywhere you go, if someone will complain, someone wants to start to whinge or complain or tell you minute by minute blows of what somebody said to them and did to them, and that's seduce, that's is seducing, right? Yeah. You, it's quite seductive that you start to believe that as the truth. And then we put some our own bias on it or what it is that we think we know about the person. Yep. And on the whole, it's a whole lot of rubbish. Um, our preoccupation with knowing other people's business is pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. So people, I think people. And I I I now seem to be able to be to connect with people who have similar interests. Um, who are interested in people and and how you build a relationship? Yeah. Not not as a you know as an intimate relationship, but um, but as a business relationship as well as a leadership relationship. Okay. And we we need all types. We need all types of interests, views, and we can't be afraid. Fear is one of the biggest drivers yeah. um, of our behaviour. So I think that goes with you know how people that notion of people, yeah. the fear that we feel and what whether either 
helps us go forward or backwards. There's actually us. a beautiful a phrase that I a quote that I heard once, and it said, replace fear with curiosity. Oh, nice. It's a beautiful um, nice. phrase. Yeah, nice. Oh, I'm going but, to write, uh, yeah, write that one down. It's a great yeah. one. Please, yeah. I can't remember if I if I knew who actually said that or not. Um, yeah. yeah, I love it. James, James Clear's um, Atomic Habits have yeah. there. There's some really interesting information. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of this is got a base in psychology and the neuroscience and and why we react. So that's part of what I really love is is helping people understand themselves. Um, not necessarily helping them, but walk, being with them as they start to discover this. Um, but when you when you understand yourself a bit more and you understand why someone might do it, you can then look at other behaviours of people that you find difficult to to work with or just relate to, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the most that's... important thing is to just always ask yourself, take a step back and always ask yourself, okay, what might be some of the drivers for that behavior? Yeah. Instead of just judging them through your own lens, yeah. take a step yeah. back and say, okay, well, look, what might be going on here? Yeah. Think about all the different parameters before you jump to any conclusions. I always think there's more that, that you know, the person's behavior tells you more about them than you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Darren, I've got to tell you that I've probably been a fair queen um, around thinking everything that comment was about me. It's actually yeah. not about me. It's actually about somebody else. That's right. Absolutely. So it's taken a little while to 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 actually learn learn that it's not about you. Plus I'm married to someone who says, it's not about you. It's about yeah. them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you also raised a great point in that um, leaders these days, a lot of times, are promoted from a technical role or from being good at something into a leadership position, but yep. they don't have the skills, in particular the people skills, to actually thrive in that leadership role. So I think it's very important for people to develop themselves as yeah. leaders and continually develop themselves because leadership requires a whole different skill set to whatever you were doing before. Well, often it's because you're really good at what you did. Some guys, oh, you'll be a great leader. Yeah, well, promote you to the manager, but that doesn't always work. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make sense. But I just want to ask the question, why would you set someone up for failure? Yeah, exactly. What, why would you do that? To me, that's inhumane. It's yeah. hugely costly if you're in an yeah. organisation that does that. Or, why would you, you shoot know, yourself in the foot yeah. <laughs> before you even yeah. start? Yeah. But we also know that it takes time to develop your leadership skills. So you've got to have the opportunity. Um, and, you know, with our young, with our young, uh, gener younger generations, they're not loath in coming forward. I, I want to, you know, I want, I want to step forward. I want to do this or that. Um, there are different generations who will wait to be asked. So we, we've got, we've still got this happening in the, in the workforce at the moment, but Learning to put yourself forward and being able to work out, getting the feedback on your on your uh, productive behaviours and how consistent you are in doing those from people that you work with uh, is crucial. So, I um, I've got a certification with Genos International and Ben, Dr. Ben Palmer. That's his. Uh, he did PhD out of Swinburne, so it's an Australian company that's now international, um, and. They their assessment is all around our emotional intelligence competencies, so for workplace and then for leadership. And someone who is has got the courage, has got the grit and guts to say, 
okay, I'll put my hand up and I want to find out more about how I can develop myself so I can, you know, I've got an interest in 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 doing something differently, you know, going to a new position or, you know, getting my side hustle up and running and I need to know about me. Um, anyone who does a 360 is absolutely magic because yes. you get a feedback, you get a feedback report. Not only do you get sort of a indication um, from, you know, hit the button and how, how are people rated, you also get the qualitative comments. That's right. Um, and I recently debriefed um, a, um, a a KLA coordinator at a college hmm. and um, he'd been in education for such a long time. Um, he did the 360 and he sat there when we had finished the, the report and the debrief and his emotions just spilled over and he said in all his time he had never received any feedback like that ever and he was just so grateful and I thought this you know we should be doing more of these because AI the interesting thing with our emotional intelligence is that we can't sealing it big secret right stop the press this is a newsflash you can't (laughs) you cannot sealing it you can just get more sophisticated in applying it to different situations and decision-making that you're in. Definitely. So isn't that a plus, right? Isn't that? So it's that whole notion of being infinite in in our ability to grow and learn and be more curious. So So true. I think, and you, feedback is such an important tool Hmm. for growth, but you've got to be resilient enough to take the feedback, positive (laughs) and negative. That's it. And look, and one of the other things is you can learn, you can actually learn how to present the feedback. Yep. In a right? Not necessarily, I'm going to use a quite an emotional term here, crucify somebody. That's right. Absolutely wipe them out so that they're absolutely stunned. That's right. There are ways to do it. Yep. And and then add the support to move into a new direction, right? The, so I think that's what organisations can actually be better at doing as well. Yep. I love that. I love it. <laughs> now, I believe that you are the founder and facilitator of a new retreat, business retreat in Bali very soon. So I'd love to hear more about that. Well, yes. Um, this is this is a great example of co-creation and collaboration um, of people who work for themselves, who've uh-huh. chosen that, who've come together. So I... Um, I've taken people away. I've had retreats down the south coast of New South Wales myself, taken people away overseas within Australia. And um, I'm just blown away by what you can do in the space of a weekend, mm. the space of, you know, a, a longer time, three to four days, yeah. five, whatever. Um, when you get people together, where you have the right environment. Yeah, right environment where you set up. So we're going to host a business retreat in Bali in June. Um, It's been, it's, it's actually a dream coming true, but it's, it's hard work basically to, to get it done. But what we're going to do is look at how we can um, assist, provide the space for, for people to really be able to stand in their own value Stand, stand and be present for others um, and be able to impact and influence um, other people around them, whether they've got a product or a service. So we're going to sharpen those up. So there's a whole lot around 
their their embodiment for themselves, their well-being and their mindfulness. So we've got the well-being side of of you and your business happening here. We've got the business structure and all the things that will help sharpen up where you are because a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of founders, fantastic. They exhaust themselves um, and they don't necessarily get all the dollars in that they need. So we're actually in a whole new... Or the, or the reverse. They get all the money, but they get no yeah. appreciation, no time at home, no yeah. structure. Yeah. So we're we're looking at how do we how do we create a balance there, yeah. um, and how do we then test that out in the market? So mm-hmm. we're bringing together that that um, that opportunity. It's the space. It's the, it's out of your normal environment around people who are curious as well, learning together, and what yeah. comes out of that, um, and being able to use a culture, that notion of being on country, in country, that, that the cultural aspect um, and what you learn. So Bali, absolutely stunning. Uh, I love you. Um, and I love the Balinese people as well. They got it. You, could, you could learn a lot from the Balinese people. There you go. Look at all those qualities, the, the gentleness, the respect, um, yeah, their whole view on life. And that's why, oh, my gosh, Darren, that's why people love travelling. Aussies are great travellers. Yeah, and uh, that's why we love exploring. It's so important to who we are and who we want to become. Yeah, yeah, so. Love it. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, I'll so put, you're going to uh, join us. You're going to come I and join would, us. Uh, check it out. And I'll, put, <laughs> I'll put all the links um, to that as well in the show notes, if you Thank like, you so people much. can find out. Thank you very much. That'd be great. But, uh, I want to know more about how you work, and I want to give everybody the opportunity to learn about how you work. So tell us more about you know, how you work, how people can contact you. Okie doke. Okay. Well, I work with individuals. I work with teams. That's really the the great thing when you've got a leader who then applies what they're doing for themselves with their team. That's the, the learning because the notion is we create leaders who are greater than we are. So we, we work at that. I bring together a coaching methodology with emotional intelligence in the leadership space that's the favourite kumbaya moment for me. But it's not about me. It's about what I see happen for those that I work with. And uh, and I love it when I work with leaders, uh, whether they're in their own businesses or in education, when they really have the, the heart and soul of their people at hand. They're really investing. They're willing to look at their budgets, their their timetables or how they're organising things. And they're really putting the effort into building up the capacity um, to increase the impact of of their people. Now, that's what I do. Um, When you work with me, you'll you'll have some fun. Absolutely. We we always have some fun. We actually have a community. You're you're expected to uh, join in and, and you know, we hopefully we make you feel val- valuable and welcome. Um, but you'll you'll dance, you'll laugh, you'll we'll look at different ways to unravel the you, the curiosity, the untold power. So it's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. Um, I do face to face online. Uh, you can find me nearly, not nearly. You can find me on every social there is. Um, I use just recently. You'll find me ziplining. <laughs> Zip lining. Oh, that's a new one. I haven't even heard of that one. What's ziplining? 
Oh yes, in a harness. Yes, um, about in the between the treetops. Stand at oh the. Oh my god! Yeah, Illawarra Fly. I'm giving you a plug uh, down just outside of Robinson, oh. overlooking the beautiful on the escarpment, overlooking beautiful uh, Shell Harbour at the base of Wollongong as you're going oh. down down the coast. Um, but I did it for a seven year old's grandson's birthday. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, zip lining. So I'll have a red hot shot at anything, Darren. I can see that. <laughs> even even this podcast. That's it. Even the podcast. So yeah, is is there anything else you want to know about what no, I do? That's right. <laughs> so you work with individuals as well as yes. corporates yes. as a team? You, yeah. Either or however. And look, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for for just asking that again. Individuals, yes, and one of the big groups at the moment that is is really um, looking for new opportunities for employment are women in sort of that fifty age group. Mm-hmm. Um, and with with COVID and what's happened over the last couple of years, there's a number of them who have been told they're too old. Uh, so there's some ageism happening here. A number of them have you know, lost their jobs, the partner perhaps, there could be a split up in relationships. So we're looking at the income base of lesser lesser superannuation, all that sort of stuff. But they're the fastest growing group who are moving into poverty in Australia. So um, the collective uh, is is critical. So that's the thing. There's plenty of people that... um, I, I find people are quite magnificent. They have an outreach to many, many things. I like to think that the elders of the community like me, getting on to being me, have can have uh, an influence um, on our younger leaders coming through because they're the leaders of tomorrow. So, yep. yeah. Oh, absolutely you can. For sure. You've got so much gold to give, so much wisdom. Well, we we got a lot of wisdom, isn't it? Um, I have to do, I've got to tell you, I talk a lot, you know that. Um <laughs> Uh, but I've I've got to say I've tuned up my listening over the last couple of years even more and more, and so when you tune up your listening, you tune up your intuition, yes. and I think that's the gold in all this. And you just think about well, just trust that feeling, whether it's an uneasy feeling or whether it's something that you're really going, yep, yeah, this is what I want to do. It's going to be difficult, and when you get into that oh, my stomach's going, like I did when I got on to, into that harness. Just before yeah. I did the first zip line two weeks ago, I just went, whoa, I haven't felt that for yeah. a little while. So I tuned in and I went, okay, this is cool. This yeah. is cool. This is, this is growth. If I don't feel that, it means I'm not, I'm not growing. I'm not right. going the next step. So I think that's one of the ways I work as well. Love it. Well done. Well, Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You're always so full of life, full of energy, full of wisdom, full of great stories and experiences. I'm sure we could talk forever. We could. Um, we could. We could. <laughs> hey, Darren, have you got a favourite song at the moment? Oh, at the moment? Not at the moment. I just listen to all sorts of things. I've got a huge um, music yeah. collection. Yeah. But well, you have a favourite song. Well, I did the one that I just thinking the one that I was playing when you caught me uh, before we started recording was Wings by Little Mix. Now, this is one of my granddaughter's favorite songs. And it talks about wing having your wings and just flying with them, using them, flap them. So I think all of us can trust the wings we have, know that there are other wings around us. You know, it's like the story of the geese. 
they all take a role. One of the um, birds flies to the to the front, but they take it in turns to lead. Beautiful. I love and that. I think that's what we all have to do. We actually have to take it in turns to trust and lead and support each other. So, Darren, thank you for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. Now, I always like to give my guests the last word. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with before we finish yes. up? Yes. Hashtag, just give it a red hot shot. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. That's your own hashtag, I'm sure. It is, and yeah. my and I have a I have a little stand. One of my 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 daughter-in-law has actually made it for me. One of my birthdays, she yeah. said, "Carrie, I've been trying to think what to give you." Just and give she, it a red and she hot made shot. It that sits like. on my desk. Give it a red oh, hot shot. Carrie, <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Reach out to Carrie because she's fantastic in every way. So you can learn a lot from her, and she's you know warm and friendly, and you can get along well, and she'll give so much value. It's not funny. Well, so, thank, um, thank you, Darren. Thank you so much. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. I've had a great afternoon. Thank I'm you. I'm glad. I'm glad. And everybody, we'll see you very, very soon for another episode. So stay tuned and uh, enjoy the weekend. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate. Feel free to buzz me on 0414 659 800 or email me on darren at suspendedanimation.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. Also, if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together and not sure where to begin, look no further. I run a really simple three-part podcasting course, one-on-one with me, where I walk you through the entire podcasting journey. You will end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away. Feel free to get in touch to discuss further. But for now, though, have a fantastic day, and I'll see you next time.